Hey, yo, what's good, man? It's your host, Cleve. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast with my man. Joe, what it do, Gators? What it do, man? It's your host, Cleve. So, Cleve, secret places, restricted areas, closed cities in the United States. There is nothing which sparks curiosity more than secret places and restricted areas, especially in the United States. The United States is a hub of secret and restricted places from Area 51, U.S. cities such as Mercury, Nevada, and even NSA spy hubs dotted around many U.S. states from Los Angeles and to New York City, even Dallas and Seattle. Question is, is there a NSA spy hub in your state? What do they got to hide? These secrets and restricted places are the talk of many conspiracy theories with the same questions always being asked. What do they have to hide? Why can't I go there? And why is their place so secretive? Then due to the lack of answers and contributing answers given by the government or officials, People start making up their own theories using little evidence which they can gather. Maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's a UFO. Is it a secret area for the rich and powerful? Who knows, but we might figure it out. Welcome back to Third Coast Podcast. I'm Joe. What it do, Gator? Sitting here with my boy, Cleve. Yo, what's good, Joe? What it do, man? Another beautiful day given to us, I guess. Another beautiful... Mardi Gras afternoon, I heard a lot of people in the spirit of the day, for sure. Right, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of trucks, a lot of four-wheelers, had some people riding on some horses. Looked like a trail ride today. I hope everybody's having good Mardi Gras season and uh, everybody's being safe. I ain't heard about nothing crazy yet this year, so that's a good thing. But, Cleve, I want to ask you something. Do you know the Wienermobile? I want to say there's some movies that have like had the Wienermobile, the one I'm thinking about. The, the yeah. Oscar Mayer? Yeah, the Oscar Mayer. I want to say they had it. What was Bam's show? Bam Margera, he had a show. Do you remember the show? It was on MTV. Oh, I remember it too, but I can't think of it. It's yeah. not Jackass. It's no. something else. Uh, Bam Margera show. Oh, That's Viva La Bam. Viva La Bam. Yeah, it was yeah, Viva yeah. La Bam. And uh, he had the Oscar Mayer vehicle in there along with dog vehicles with like Basically, it was like a pickup truck. It was like an animal catcher's vehicle, but it was designed like a dog. And then they had the Oscar Mayer vehicle as well. But what about the Wienermobile? Okay, so I, I don't know which state this actually happened in. Someone stole the Cadillac converter <laughs> off the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. So you might think, okay, they're a multi-billion dollar corporation, you know. They can fix it themselves, but you know who chimed in said that they wanted to fix it for them? PETA. PETA said that it would cover the repair costs for the Wienermobile if the company changes the vehicle to a vegan hot dog. (laughs) Way to go, PETA. Yeah, I think we gave them a little shout out last episode, if I'm not mistaken. If y'all ain't checked it out, uh, check out episode 138 Medical Nightmares. Big shout out to Running Out of Time and Zane, as always. And 138? 130. No, did I say 130? No, 133. No, 183. 183. Ah, 180. That's 183. We're recording 184 right now. I digress. 
already. <laughs> Such a great episode. A whole bunch of cool stuff that we covered. There's something else I want to tell you about, Cleve. So scientists in the United States, Canada, and collaborating with China have developed a shape-shifting robot that can melt itself to escape a lab gel. Mm. So basically, it sounds it's, like a Terminator. Yeah, the liquid Terminator from. Yep. Okay, so it's like a for the listeners out there, just picture a little Lego man in like a little Lego gel, and it melts down. Basically, what they do is they put a magnet in front of it, in the way that the little robot's made up of, it melts itself down and is drawn to the magnet, reforms itself afterwards on the magnet. Yeah. That's crazy. AI is getting out there yeah, now. AI is going to get it down to molecular compounds and structures, and then we're fucked. It's all over with. So for the robot and draconian overlords in the future, <laughs> I hope y'all like the show and y'all subscribe. Another thing, there was, this happened in McAllen, Texas, right? NASA confirmed a meteor that was two feet wide and roughly weighed about 1,000 pounds fell over South Texas and broke apart. That's a big-ass meteor, too. Two feet wide. Well, I mean, yeah. Two feet wide and roughly weighed about 1,000 pounds. Yeah, that's a big meteor. No one got hurt, thankfully. It's just crazy. Reports on the incident was there's like a loud sonic boom, and they heard their houses rattling and stuff. But it broke apart across the whole county, and it looks like a tornado path. I mean, not like an actual tornado path, but like like the debris path. just was like one big area, so... I wonder whenever they go and they test those crash sites for the meteors, if they give off any radiation of any kind. Or like whenever, you know, because a lot of the time when a meteor crashes, the military jumps on that shit pretty quick. So I'm thinking it's materials, maybe. Oh, yeah, because there's stuff that's floating around in the galaxy and it happens to make it through our atmosphere and actually hit. There might be some potentially cool and or hazardous. Life changing. (laughs) Might have, uh, what's that, vibranium in it from Black Panther? Because it comes down from like an asteroid or whatever. Vibranium. Yeah, I know there's a lot of elements like in some asteroids that aren't found on this planet. You know, just like bits and pieces of different rock and stuff, but they give off like energy or some give off like warmth or, you know, just like a natural glow. Some give off radiation. I know this is way off the beaten path, but have you seen the movie Moonfall before? I have not. So basically the whole premise of the movie is like the moon is a actual, just a mechanical facility or whatever. And basically like this AI entity takes it, finds it, takes it over and tries to use it to destroy the world. Pretty good movie. I know that's a pretty bad description of it, but it's just crazy that, you know, with the AI being all up in it, you think that we might create the AI that what succeeds humanity one day? and be forever living. Yeah, it'll be forever sentient. It'll always transfer. It'll transfer through whatever source of energy it's using. And then the way it would travel, who knows? Well, I guess the future holds a whole bunch of secrets. Can't wait to see how it goes. I can't wait till Thurkos becomes famous and I don't have to go back to work and just do this every day or every (laughs) other day. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to dive right up into this cleave, this topic this week. So we're going to be discussing places that is either really hard to get into and or really expensive or just places you can't go at all. And I'm going to start this off with Club 33 in California. Nice. I've heard. California knows how to party. Yeah, they do. (laughs) 
located in California, Club 33 is a secret place inside Disneyland for exclusive elites with no kids allowed and an invitation-only private club. You need somewhere inside the club to get an invitation. So basically, someone inside the club has to give you an invite to join the club. And, oh, I kind of forgot to tell you that you have to pay $100,000 to get into this club once invited. Well, it's a minimum from thirty dollars to $100,000 to get in. And it just depends on how they invite you if you're invited through a friend, a member of the club. Located in the intersection of Rural Street and Orland Street in New Orleans Square, the club was set up in 1967 and the place hosts investors, dignitaries, and celebrities alike. The design of Club 33 was done by Mr. Walt Disney himself as a perfect place for him to entertain his business associates. It's quite a secret as to what's inside of Club 33. It's the only place in Disney that serves alcohol out of 1901 Lounge. So at least that's something for a $100,000 price tag. Better be popping some good bottles up in there. They better not give me no local. I better not go in there yeah, and get no be. fucking, uh, what's that, Natty Ice, Natty Light? <laughs> the Natty Light. Yeah, I think they're drinking like free bottles of like Dom Perrier or some shit like that. Oh, okay. Say if you get invited into this club, right? And you pay the initial cost, right? The initial price tag of 100K. Every year after that, to stay a member, 30K. Yeah, it's 15, 30K a year, depending on your rank and status. Okay, so membership perks at Club 33, apart from alcohol, as a member of a secret place, you will have access to two fine dining halls, a valet parking VIP card, and even a jazz lounge. However, I think the real reason many people join this hidden place is for its valuable business connections and subsequently business deals to be made here by the rich and powerful in the United States. Club 33 is the ultra-exclusive member-only club inside Disneyland. Oh, man, it's just, it's such a crazy place, you know? And it's just to think that it's all about business, it sounds like. The theme was inspired for Bourbon Street, you know, just like that whole district. Some of the dining halls, like there's two halls. One of the halls is like for members only. And then if you get invited as a guest, you go down a different hall where you can enjoy select meals, four course, five course, even six course meals, you know, ranging in prices and things like that. And it also has like a 10 to 15 year waiting list for people to join. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. It has a very long waiting list unless you know somebody that's a part of the club or invited personally by one of the members. It's the only other way that you could get access outside of the waiting list membership to close on, you know, said business deals that could make you even more powerful than the day before you woke. Oh, no, it's just... (laughs) It's so wild, these places, and especially some of the places that are exclusively for rich people, because, you know, I ain't about to drop 100K. Man, you'd be dropping 10 bands a month for a membership. Yeah, 100K a year. Man, shout, shout out to all y'all who can afford that shit. Fuck y'all. I was waiting for y'all, so I was like, yeah, hopefully fuck, says fuck Yeah, them. fuck y'all for, for whoever can afford like that, you greedy, selfish Anyway, I digress. You ever heard of Robbins Island, Cleve? Robbins Island? Yes. Where is it located? It's located off the coast of Long Island and it's privately owned. The owner has been known to hold peasant hunts for wealthy guests. Uh, Louis Bacon, a, a New York financier, 
published the island in 1993 for $11 million. Since then, no one besides guests are allowed on the property. According to New York Times, there's one mansion, one swimming pool, and a little recreation center, a squash court, a rifle and handgun range, and so on. A farmer center for his dogs, horses, and game birds. And expanded the hunting, camp, and heliport. Never heard of that island. Let me make sure I'm not double dipping because there's another island in the United States that actually was built around movies and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, so this is one of them islands where this dude is so rich that he can keep the government off of it. You know what I'm saying? He can keep the state away from it, you know, that you're that rich and it's that exclusive to get there. To They have to have his acceptance to get there, like, so. So he's a philanthropist, basically, is what it sounds like, if he's able to influence the government's decision. It's kind of like that Club 33 place, you know, he's bringing in who he wants to. What boy, that's what that's, yeah, that's basically the lameness of it. You got that money to keep them, you know, keep real quiet. It just brings me back to the idea that there's so many people in this world that have so little, you know what I'm saying? And these, some of these people are so rich that they have so much power and wealth that they can buy a whole fucking island and say, hey, no one can come here. And that's just crazy how that, I don't know, it's weird. You see people giving homeless people $100 and taking pictures with them and shit like this. Yeah, getting their reactions and making videos for the social media and things like that. It's so wild. Like all that money. Like, you know what $11 million would do to say just like if they invested that money in the homeless in California? The homeless in California is hundreds of thousands of people that just live in tents and shit on the side of the road. But this dude's so rich and powerful that he has his own goddamn island. He should buy the state of Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) He probably could get it a lot cheaper than 11 million right now. He probably could. Yeah, I mean, shit, the purchase was sold for, what, 3 million at the time? Yeah. The United States bought the Louisiana purchase from Napoleon Dynamite from France. Right? Napoleon Bonaparte there. What did I say? (laughs) Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. I was thinking of the movie. Where's my brain at this afternoon? How y'all doing, listeners? Napoleon Dynamite was the French conqueror who... (laughs) (laughs) And he had a pretty good movie, too. He came out with a pretty good movie a couple hundred years later. But moving forward, yeah, like uh, if he had an extra 11 million, he could probably buy the state today, you know, for the price that it went back then. You know, if he would, I have some ideas. You got to fix some of these roads around here. Oh, no, nah, he wouldn't listen to you. Hey, he bought it. <laughs> <laughs> this is his state. I gotta move. We got to move out now. Just kick everybody out. He might keep everyone. Who knows? That type of influence over the government. Just imagine what he could do for the people. <laughs> well, I know for sure you know this place, Cleve. Okay. Okay. Fort Knox. Ah, yes. Kentucky. Uh, Fort Knox is dubbed the most secure place in the United States. The world. Even the world. The world. And uh, <laughs> as the largest gold doubloon depository, this place is a restricted fortress. So you might ask, what's stored in Fort Knox? Apart from precious metals such as gold and silver, it's an estimated that 2% of the world's mined metals are stored here. I guess I like gold and shit like that. Well... I'll continue. I'm going to add my comments after. Okay. What other treasures might be hidden here? According to many sources, Fort Knox 
Kentucky once held the royal crown of Hungary, even copies of the Magna Carta. Some theorists even believe that Fort Knox is holding the Holy Grail of Mary Magdalene from the Knights Templar. I've heard that as well. Something about the Da Vinci Code, right? Something along them uh, lines. The Holy Grail? Yeah, like, but ain't that something like tied in with the Da Vinci Code bullshit? Yeah, yeah, it's all tied together on how, um, right, the Knights had the influence. They found Mary and just how she was the only woman that was a part of it, possibly even the leader of it. But yeah, Fort Knox also, uh, yeah, if I could interject, yeah, like the security guards at Fort Knox, none of them know all the combinations. Each guard that's assigned at a door only knows the combination for their door for, of course, maximum security reasons. And they rotate their employees, you know, pretty frequently to keep the risk of these combinations, you know, being disclosed. I didn't see that something else I didn't know. The other comment I was going to say before, pretty much any precious valuable that I would think this is just me theorizing, you know, don't quote me on this, but I would imagine if a, if we went to war with a country on that land that had precious metals and we were to scavenge, siphon, or even extract some of these metals, where would they store these metals, you ask? Not only, you know, they got to keep it, you know, safe and secure, but in the most heavily guarded place in the entire world, not just the U.S., the world. God. How exclusive is that? Yeah, nobody <laughs> going there. How do you get a job at Fort Knox? <laughs> well, if you're an inspiring thief out there, Fort Knox would be the last on your list for places you want to uh, attempt a high stat for damn sure, because you are not going to get too far. The crazy part about Fort Knox is the building is made up of 4,200 cubic yards of concrete. 16,000 cubic feet of granite and 750 tons of reinforced solid steel. Jeez, and that's like, I don't think there's nothing that could break into there. It could withstand a nuke hit, is what it's basically that's saying. That's what I'm listening at. Like, it would take a meteor, it would literally take something from space to crack it. And even then, it just may be held tightly by the, you know, the reinforced compartments of rock and metal. Some of the security measures surrounding the actual vault. And this is just what people, theorists, believe because there's no real, they can't, you know, they ain't going to say, well, it's, you know, what protects the vault. Right. Some of the things that come to mind by theorists is lasers, armed drones, and even massive landmines. Facts. I've heard the landmine stories. Bloomington Depository at Fort Knox is home to the country's gold reserves. The rest of Fort Knox acts as a run-of-the-mill military base, complete with its functioning high school and has only been open to civilians twice. In 1974, and then when Congress members and media visited in 2017, the first gold shipment arrived at Fort Knox in 1937. Before we go on to the next one, which, Cleve, would you like to read Area 51? Sure, why not? Before we go on to Area 51, have you ever heard the idea that Fort Knox is empty? That's why they guard it so much. It's a stage front. Yeah. They say that it's not the real thing. They say that it's like a place like that, and but actually the money is somewhere else. More All the gold and precious metal and everything that they think is in Fort Knox is actually somewhere else that no one knows about. 
or people believe that it's just empty because the United States is going broke too. Every (laughs) F-51. So who's right? Yeah, you never know. I I have heard that before, that it's just like a major front, but it is a military installation. You know, it is heavily guarded. But, you know, that's just what theorists say. You know, we never know. It could be the very place, and they just publicly advertise it, which I doubt that. But, you know, nobody's ever going to tell where they keep their massive trove of... Oh, yeah. And then just have it so well elaborated with artifacts from, you know, context from a famous past that's been told by many people. So when you get out of the Army, right? So I was active duty. I did my, you know, contract serve. When you sign into the Army, you have an eight-year obligation window. So if you go active duty and you decide after your four, four and a half, whatever, but uh, when you get out, they ask you, do you want to join the reserves, the National Guard, or you can do inactive reserve, which means you completed your first allotment of time and you get put in inactive reserves, meaning if something crazy happens, they can call you up within that eight-year window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My inactive duty station for inactive reserves was Fort Knox, Kentucky. Shit, I swear, I have it on paper in the house. I can show you. I like my you. DD-214. I think we talked about this yeah. when you got back that you had an offer to work for them. I mean, I could have reached out and, you know, went up there and did... I could actually join that reserve unit out of Kentucky because I was inactive. You can just kind of like flop it if you decide later on. Right. You, know, yeah, you need to take PT and health and shit, but inactive reserve unit out of Fort Knox, Kentucky. That was it. That's all I wanted to say. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Shout out, hey, the folks out there listening, man. Yeah, Shout out to Joe for the opportunity and uh, sharing it with us. Getting into Area 51 in Nevada, Area 51 has been a source of conspiracy theories for many decades now in the USA. It is one of the most secretive places on Earth, and according to many conspiracy theorists, the source of many cover-ups. Officially, the site is an Air Force facility in a Nevada desert. However, it took the CIA until 2013 to publicly acknowledge its existence. Another name for Area 51 is Groom Lake, It was believed to have been originally set up to test and research top-secret aircraft and advanced weapons technologies for the CIA back in 1955. The official purpose or mission of the base is still covert and highly classified. The secrecy which surrounds Area 51 has many theorists believed that a UFO or aliens were once captured there. Area 51 is officially off-limits with the area around the Groom Lake area controlled by surveillance, security, and even motion sensors. The area above 51 is a no-fly zone for commercial and civilian aircraft. On all government U.S. maps, it officially does not exist and is a secret place with no registered roads leading up to it. Hmm. Area 51 has been the center of many a meme and conspiracy theory, mainly because tourists aren't allowed to see what's inside. Area 51 is a highly classified United States Air Force facility, according to CNN. But that has to stop conspiracy theorists from deciding that the base is focused on communicating with aliens. Though there was a viral Facebook event in 2019 called Storm Area 51, they can't stop all of us. Civilians have never been allowed inside Area 51, though some have tried. Yeah, I remember that too. 
you seen the dude Naruto running and shit? They had him on video towards the thing. Right. There was yeah. a lot of people that showed out for that shit. Like shit it was ton. a million people that said they were going to participate, but I think it was only like 150 that actually went. Yeah, but that's still a lot of people to go challenge, you know, to challenge the government, the man. They only had like, they had the black truck that sits at the top of the, the hill. And then I think they had like a Hummer unit that had patrolled the area, just stood guard at the gate while they hosted. It's like they were okay with it almost, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we just got to watch out. Just don't cross this line right here. You know, don't cross the imaginary dirt line that we've paid for you. The official purpose of mission of the base is still covert and highly classified. Basically, it's just going back over, you know, that it's believed that UFOs or aliens were captured there. You know, it's a no-fly zone for commercial and civilian aircraft on all maps that don't exist. And then, can you visit Area 51? If you really want to get closest, you can get to Area 51, head to the nearby town of Rachel on the famous extraterrestrial highway. And the real question is, though, Cleve, do you believe that there's aliens in Area 51? Or are you like, nah, it, it can't be that secret? I don't put doubt in it simply because like places like Nevada, Utah, you know, there have been stories of like even Phoenix, Arizona, New Mexico, like that whole desert area has been riddled with stories of like strobing lights and, you know, secret government testing. And who's to say like a lot of these, you know, different lights could be, you know, just us testing out some new shit and it's just capturing the eyes of like hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of people. But I mean, the weapons thing, I can, I can kind of lean towards. Because I mean, nobody, you know, you don't want anybody to know what's your latest technology whenever it comes to these things. And then the fact that it's an Air Force base, at what power do these weapons have the capability of destroying whatever it's targeting? You know, to what scale are you talking cities? Are you talking countries or even like the world even or something beyond that? I've heard Area 51 and NASA have had some collaborations in the past as well with some of their operations and missions. No, no, I think a lot of times that when you look at the universe and space, but you look at the depths of the earth, we can't touch the depths of the earth, but we can send drones and man-made machines throughout the galaxies. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we can't get to the center and every time, like, or even to the real bottom of the sea. You know what I'm saying? But it's kind of like the thing where you brought about Madagascar. I thought Madagascar was a lot smaller than what it was, right? Right, yeah. Like, Madagascar is like... Maybe the world's like that. Maybe the world's, like, so massive and so dense in the way that they put the planets in the world because who's going to answer that, you know? I can't go against the thought of what scientists says, how big the earth is. You don't have the money for the research either, like the elite that we're about to mention in some of these topics. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Maybe the earth is way bigger than what they're letting off. Size of the earth might be bigger. And I think that sometimes when it comes into the military bases, because when I was at Fort McGregor Range in El Paso, Texas, they had bunkers and they had this helicopter that would fly in on this big plateau and just disappear. Like a whole fucking helicopter would go inside the mountain, then later on another helicopter would be flying out of it. So ain't no telling how deep. It's kind of like dwarves from like Lord of the Rings or some shit. Like you don't know how deep the dwarves to dig through the tunnels and right. they find the Balrog or whatever. It's kind of like the same thing with the government. Then too, like with the government as well, it's like remember back when uh, the second Bush was in office and he was trying to explain like the tunnel network for the Al-Qaeda regime. 
Oh, like yeah. how they store it in caves and stuff. It kind of, it's like, why would you expose something like that when we have some similar things like that? I'm pretty sure we have similar things here throughout the U.S. and not even just the U.S., you know, inspired by our neighbors down under Texas, you know, big shout out to you guys for, you know, your... What, in Tejas? Yeah, Tejas. They, yeah, they are. Their innovations on, you know, underground tunneling. But moving on in this list. Okay, so the Bohemian Grove, Men Only's Club in San Francisco, California. <laughs> California that covers almost uh, 3,000 acres. Bohemian Grove is a private club for the most powerful men in the U.S. Every July, its members descend upon the ranch for a two-week retreat to relax and specifically not network, the Washington Post recorded. Little is known about what is happening during the retreat, though. According to an organization, members share a passion for the outdoors, music, and theater. In 1989, a writer for Spy Magazine infiltrated the club and wrote that there is some Druid Tree worship thrown in for fun and other bizarre rites that take place each year. Good luck trying to get in, though. That year, the wait had blown to 33 years. 33 years to get inside there? I believe to get inside, yeah. There's been famous presidents and stuff like Jimmy Carter? Yeah, Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, both of the Bushes were there. Even Bill Clinton was a part of the Bohemian Grove, and he resigned year after being a member. There's 17 other organizations that were associated with it, you know, like Bilderberg Group and the Trilateral Commission. Like most of the, some of the people like from the oil barons. Yeah. Yeah, those guys, like they all participate. I actually watched the Rockefellers. Yeah, stuff the Rockefellers. Yeah, it's the Rockefellers and stuff. Yeah, I had watched a documentary earlier today, actually, uh, the Alex Jones coverage whenever he snuck the hidden body cam and like infiltrated the camp. He participated for like four hours of most of the event that took place. And yeah, it is some pretty paganistic warships. They offer like, I don't know if it was an effigy or a dummy of a body or if it was an actual body, because you could hear like whenever they light the fire that the person inside of it is screaming. But I don't know if that was just effects for the ceremony or if it was those screams of an actual human being. Yeah, supposedly they worship this 40-foot owl-like statue. Owlman? You remember Owlman? Yeah, I remember Owlman. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what, uh, what episode that was. We talked about the fucking creatures of the world. Or was right. it just the United States? No, it was a world. Yeah, it it's may weird have been the world. entities. So they worship Owlman? Yeah, they worship a 40-foot owl statue at the Bohemian Grove. Apparently, it's a female, actually. So it's a men's only club that worship a female goddess. Yeah, what's that goddess? And is it Greek or there's a god that it's, I forget what it is. I'm going to definitely bring it up to the listeners next week. But there's a god out there who thrives off of the lust of men. (sighs) The men want her so bad. The human men want that entity's body so bad that it consumes the man. Like, she eats them alive Jeez, because like, of their sexual desire for her right. to be well, in. I, mean, so, I, know the, I know the creature of a succubus, but I can't think of a goddess that's It's a goddess. Control. Yeah, she resides in, like, Hades. Like, once, I don't know. It's in Greek mythology, yeah. though. But, okay. Uh, we yeah, definitely get back with y'all. Right. We should tackle Greek mythology one day. I mean, well, never mind. We might not. 
because I might just, it'd be it'd be like uh, cleave. What's this word? Cleave. What's this word? Hey, cleave. Can you pronounce this? Hey, cleave. Cleave. Nah. Let's talk about our brothers in the Mormon Church, right quick. So the Mormon Church holds its records and other secrets inside a granite mountain record vault in Utah. The Mormon Church keeps roughly 35 billion images of geological information inside said vault located within Utah Rock Formation. Well, there's 50 employees at the site to maintain it and no one else is allowed inside the vault. A virtual tour actually was available in April of 2010. The name of the virtual tour was It's a Preservation Facility. I'm going to finish before I talk shit. Okay. If we're visitors, Cleve, and we go frequently, but it's kind of hard because everything has to maintain temperature control. So if you go in there and you run a little bit too, you look a little too hot, or the even in. even the stuff looks a little too hot, the employees can't even go in. I mean, you can go up there and see it, but you can't go in. Right. So Brent Thomas is the director of Church History and Preservation Services, and he has told news agencies a lot about this place. Basically, only the high, I don't know, what is it? Is it a priest in Mormon? It, yeah, it's a priest. So only a few people can go in, high priest and stuff like that. It's just crazy that there's this big ass granite vault. And, you know, when I read it, what killed me was 35 billion images of geological information. So you're saying you have this church vault. Right. And it's not anything but just geological information in the church vault. It kind of makes me think about the Vatican and all yeah, the artifacts exactly. that That's... they keep at the bottom. And, well, they keep books there. So it's like, you know, all these books and all of this information that's being recorded and carefully documented, carefully controlled to preserve the integrity of it, I guess. You know, the geological part of it makes me think of like the different land masses. Maybe it tells the information about where Atlantis actually, you know, existed. If we're talking geological. It's just when you look at like now this place ran by the Mormons in Utah and you look at the Vatican, you look at a lot of these different religious groups, religious groups. Why? If you're trying to pronounce your religion out there, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to tell the world about this one great God, this one great being, this one great organization that you made, but you hide information from everybody. Vatican, what about the Book of Enoch? We can't see that it shit? The pretty, Dead Sea Scrolls? The pretty devilish to me. We'll be right back. So, Cleve, have you ever heard of the NSA hidden spy hubs across the United States? I have, actually. I have. They store secret data, public data, all your browser history and but tell me more <laughs> the nsa's most secret place is to spy on you the biggest question is the uh, nsa spying on you this question which is on the minds of many american citizens these days with the recent scandals and data protection laws being addressed by many people because that's your information out there well the truth lies between the fortified walls of certain windowless skyscrapers all across the United States. These fortress-like buildings are restricted, secret, and built to withstand terrorist attacks and even natural disasters. You may walk past one of these buildings every day and not even notice it. These are NSA spot hubs, 
And the biggest question, is there one in your states out there? The fortress-like and secretive NSA spy hubs are all over the United States. Here's a few states which have been confirmed according to certain sources. Okay, Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York City, San Francisco, Seattle, and of course, Washington, D.C. Ah, yes. NSA and partnership with AT&T. These NSA spy hubs are part of a controversial National Security Agency surveillance program is part of one of the world's largest telecommunication networks with partnership with AT&T. What all this basically means is that the NSA has access to every piece of data transmitted by its citizens across the United States. So if you are an AT&T customer, every bit of information your phone gathers, i.e. you record something, take a picture, post something on social media, goes to these hubs. Stuff that you don't even post on social media, stuff that you just take with your phone, they're getting it all. Yeah. Every bit of it. The NSA regards AT&T to be one of the most trustworthy partnerships and has spoken previously of their company's extreme willingness to help. (laughs) Many people have concerns about these ethics surrounding this spying and secret power that the U.S. government has created with the creation of the NSA. Due to the NSA's unique relationship with phone and internet providers across the United States, you can be assured that there are leveraging this communication infrastructure and spy hubs across the United States to monitor billions of emails, phone calls, and even online chats, according to certain sources. They have gathered body evidence, including classified NSA documents, public records, interviews with former AT&T employees, which indicate that the buildings have restricted access and what goes on side is officially top secret. However, though, there are some exact addresses to some of these NSA spy hubs. Okay, we're going to go with the first one. So big shout out to all of our listeners in Seattle, Washington. If you want to see one of these spy hubs, go to 1122 Third Avenue. <laughs> okay, big shout out to our San Francisco, California listeners. California. Oh, yeah, shout out to our no Bohemian Grove already. listeners as well. Yeah. If you want to check out one of these NSA hubs, just go to 611 Florston. F-O-L-S-O-M Street. I ain't going to shout out Illinois because I don't like the Bears, but Chicago, Illinois, 10th South Canal Street, 420 South Grand Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 41211 Bryan Street, Dallas, Texas, 511 Peach Street, Central Avenue, Atlanta, Georgia, 3030 E Street, Southwest Washington, D.C., and 811 10T, New York. Yeah, I mean, my takeaway from these nice little spy hubs is I wish it would contribute to some of the streams on our show because I know these motherfuckers are listening to what we had to talk about. Yeah, man, the algorithm is either working in the favor of those or against it. You know, I want to say the one in Atlanta is uh, Google Services. Yeah, they have like high-tech security involved in their systems you know, to safeguard certain technologies, personal data and different data that's been stored. I feel like collectively it gears towards AI and simulating what, you know, people kind of like go to in a relation to it. Like right now, we are having a conversation and we could be talking about this in like the next five minutes, 
my phone whenever I open my internet links and it shows like random links related, quote unquote, related to your search. I feel like it's the recovered data from your researches from past information that kind of gets relocated in the algorithm. You control the information and the flow of it. You can potentially control the influence in the way that it gears the next step. It's literally guiding the steps of your next moves through auditory, you know, explanations. And you look at it too as like, okay, so one of the biggest corporations in the United States. With this extreme willingness to help you know, on of top course, of that. Because it, it drives their profit margins. You know, if they know what to gear their product to, it's easy to sell it. And then on top of that, they can help the government by spying on people and make a big contract out of doing it. Yeah, to test it out on the people only to engage it in real combat situations when they're going against the adversary. You know, it's a reason. <laughs> you know, what's crazy, too, is you look at like other governments, too. They solely control their whole Internet, TV, radio China. station, China, Russia, <laughs> North Korea, North Korea. But it's just the thing that, OK, so they come out and it's known that they withhold all the information, you know, and it's always one sided. But it's crazy to think that all of our information is being collected in the same sense. You know what I'm saying? And we have a right to know, but they're expressing it one-sided as well. It's like, yeah, you can know, but if you find out, you know, you're getting their top blown up. Yeah. You get too close to the truth. The Coca-Cola vault, what is more heavily guarded than some of the most prized jewels in the world? Only Coca-Cola's secret recipe for immense success. Some call it the billion-dollar formula, and it is the secret to Coca-Cola's unique flavor and blend which cannot be found in nature. I repeat, which cannot be found in nature. Many have tried to replicate it over the years, but it's never quite the same. The closely guarded formula is one of the most highly regarded industry secrets and housed inside the Coca-Cola vault in the word of Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta, Georgia, USA. Can I visit the Coca-Cola vault? Coca-Cola is an iconic beverage with a timeless flavor with the recipe closely guarded. However, this article has made your curiosity start to bubble. You can still take a tour of the Coca-Cola vault inside the world of the Coca-Cola vault. You could even see the door. But that's it, just the door. Just that's the all, door. That's all you get to see. Yeah, you just get to see the door where it's kept at, allegedly. <laughs> you just get to see the tip. Yep. However, <laughs> be aware that it is restricted to enter inside the vault for anybody with high security surrounding the heavy-duty vault. While you can enter the world of Coca-Cola in Atlanta, you can't actually get inside the vault where the secret formula is kept. You can get pretty close. There's a bunch of interactive components at the world of Coca-Cola, but the actual recipe is located inside a metal box inside a 6.6-foot-high step vault which is in turn protected by a barrier and the whole area has surveillance with armed guards and the door can only be opened via keypad with hand scanner. Oh yeah, they getting that DNA on that boy. So, you know, if you could find the print, you got to talk to that guy, you know, got to get real good in close with that guy. Hey, Cleve, what was it from the last episode where Coke originated from? It originated from... The fucking uh, J.H. Kellogg? No, 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 right here. Number five. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Oh, yeah, the cocaine. Yeah. 
So I wonder if they have the actual original cocaine recipe in there. They may very well have. No, it ain't the anti-jerking off cereal. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, uh, I, I the v- yeah, mini the martini. Yeah, the where, martini. Yeah, it's just, I wonder if the Pope blessed the one they put in that vault in their uh, shout-out episode 182 again. Yeah, one grand of the Pope's blessing, you know, about four grams of cocaine, two stalks of slave-picked sugar cane. You know, it, it was a lot of work in their recipe, and in order for them to keep that secret, you know, it had to be stolen. Yep. What if the recipe was stolen from someone, but they marketed and they mass produced it, like you know, someone else who stole ideas like the automobile and the and the light bulb and you know other fashions that were engineered by others, but peddled off and manufactured on a mass market. Yep. And then they throw the patent if you don't put a patent on it. You don't get it patent first, so it ain't yours. You would have the DNA sweat and probably blood on that paper of the original oh, recipe. Yeah. So they got to keep it locked in a vault where it's temperature acclimated. And If you want a Coke and you need to clean your battery post, Coke is a prime choice. And if you want to watch nails dissolve or you want to get some of that cancerous red dye 40 in you. or You know, if you got dirty pennies and you want to clean the mold off of it, you could just drop it in there and it'll polish it right up after, you know, 15 days. No shout out to Coke. Fuck Coke. Do space in Mexico. Okay. So in the small northern town of Mexico, close to the Colorado border, there's a secret town of deuce houses that house around 2,600 people, mostly Native American. However, this little hidden town is believed to hold many strange secrets. It's believed to be home to the Deuce Base, a giant underground facility where weird experiments are done. And oh, Dulce. Is it Dulce? Yeah, it's like cream. Like Dulce yeah. is cream, I think. This facility is believed to host weird experiments and advanced biological technologies were developed there. According to the Huffington Post report, a former U.S. government employee who had high-level security clearance named Philip Schecksnyder took part in the building of the secret underground base in 1979. Schecksnyder allegedly suspicious of the strange engineering operation going on when he noticed the presence of Green Berets and Special Force operatives arriving. He allegedly was drilling, and he came face-to-face with a seven-foot green slimy alien, and the Special Forces shot it dead. So I guess he was digging through the fucking mountain and found an alien? Probably a hybrid. They say it was slime. Well, it was probably slime when they shot it with a laser. <laughs> this gets even crazier. According to reports... There was an underground battle where 60 people lost their lives. Although this sounds like science fiction. I mean, it kind of really does. Nah, I could see it happening. Just a complete wipe of something gone wrong that yeah. they couldn't contain. <laughs> Many people pointed out that Sheck Snyder, as an outspoken critic of the U.S. government, this alleged alien cover-up faced his untimely death by suicide. Oh, wow. They wrote him out with suicide? Yeah. Damn, sadly, he can't rest in peace. You know, his death will never be truly known. At least the Third Coast podcast listeners out there. Right, yeah. We know that, you know, we know that he he didn't do the suicide. So, overall, this giant subterranean facility is believed to house 
all sorts of weird gene mixing and splicing tests from human cloning creations to freakish human alien hybrids. Either way, this place is one of the most secretive places in the United States. They found a way to insert coding into people's DNA, and it's a new form of spyware. A lot of the samples now can be taken from blood. The Russians actually found out a way to encode these messages, you know, through gene splicing. Like the that Amer- sleeper cell type shit? Yeah, the shit. sleeper cell and how to activate it. The Americans got a hold of the information and they kind of like found a newer way to rewrite the code, like pull up your DNA and like the molecules where it has like all the imperfections and they can add, copy, cut and paste DNA to insert it, to recreate the molecule like an incubator. And pretty much like it's, again, it's paired with AI, like the whole simulation to you know, a singularity of producing the perfect hybrid, basically, or the perfect race. It's all in the drive to, you know, for the sake of survival. But at the time, you know, gene splicing and human experiments been going on for how long now? Yeah, a long time. Thousands of years. So dating back probably since the beginning of time. Honestly, like, I don't know why they even keep it. Well, I know why they keep it secret because, like, the common man, you know, when you have to control the mass of population, you know, you kind of got to, like, pacify them or sugarcoat it for them because, like, if you tell you like, you know, bawling in tears, my whole life is a lie. You know, all my stunting and flexing <laughs> is meaningless. And what about, you know, it's like things like that, you know? So, yeah, I, I get why it's secret, but that's interesting. And I know what you're thinking right now, Cleve, and probably the listeners, is I haven't done it all episode, but if y'all haven't checked it out yet, check out Third Coast Podcast at 5000w.thirdcoastpodcast.com on all major streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podcast Republic, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram. Check out the TikToks. You know, me and Cleve been hoeing down the TikToks. Big shout out to everybody that tolerate us out there. I know we some old heads. Yeah, shout out to all those viewers, you know, giving the support, all our listeners. Shout out to our three subscribers out there. No, I'm not one of them. So that's a good thing. If y'all would like to listen to our original content and the future we will be releasing content that's strictly only for our subscribers when we get that much time, of course. I was thinking maybe fit, like... Possibly. Maybe our interviews, but our interviews are our biggest drive, though, so... I don't know. It's it's a lot of stuff in the works, but uh, YouTube coming soon, and we got some uh, big shout out to uh, Chuck. Uh, I'm uh, in some collaborations with Chuck for our 200 episode, which we are potentially going to record a live set in New Orleans for our 200 episode and have some live bands perform afterwards. So, really looking forward to that. It ain't set in stone. But we're going to make something really nice for 200. And there's, it's nice that like a lot of people want to make something special for that, for us, you know, so. Right. Just to give they support and, you know, just like for us to have something to do, come together, you know, with the community, give people and, you know, do the whole 200. Yeah. Can you believe that though? We're getting that close. Right. You know, looking back on it, how it started, you know, the transitions. 
you know, the moves even till now, like with the way shit's going on, man, don't she have a... Um, Oh, yeah, it kind of reminds me to ask you, like, don't you have a little insight on the IRS? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I know last episode, shout out to uh, 182, but I know Cleve went off a little bit into the IRS. But, but man, the IRS. the IRS. Like, and you can't even fight them motherfuckers, too. Like, they sent me this thing, Cleve's like, hey, we had to readjust your return, and you owed, not going to give the money, but X amount of money. Right. I had to go to the website. I was like, man, why is my return late? And I knew. When I knew my return didn't hit, I was like, man, something fucked up with the IRS. And I looked at it, and I was like, damn. They took X amount of dollars, and that was going to be like, I did was able to get stuff done that I needed to do, but that was going to be like some play money, you know? Right, yeah. I want to do something with the Bambinos, and them motherfuckers took that away. Bend over. (laughs) Bend over. Take it, Joe. You don't even take. You don't even agree. We just telling you what's happening. That's just how the IRS is. You can't fight them motherfuckers because if they say you owe them money, you owe them money, and there ain't no. You can only comply. Comply. Comply or meet in court. And then you don't even have to meet in court. They're just going to find a way to take your money. They're yeah, they get usually it. do. Yeah, one way or another. But yeah, fuck the IRS and taxes in general, but. We love all y'all out there. So yeah, please. Shout out Dubai. If, you know, if it ain't no listeners in Dubai, I hope y'all hear this someday. Y'all, y'all lucky out there. Y'all tax free. You could go in and leave the way that you came. So, you know, places like that. Fucking Dubai got like their police forces got fucking, uh, what's that, Dugatis and shit? Bugattis. Is it Bugattis? Is, am, I, am I saying that right? What, Bugatti? Bugatti. Is it Bugatti or? Yeah, Boo. Like, like Boo. Yeah, B-U, and then Gotti, G-A-T-T-I. Yeah, when you see that price tag, <laughs> boo. Back to what's at hand. Mount Weather, Virginia. A secret underground military base embedded inside a mountain? I've heard of Mount Weather. I want to say they did a movie or a documentary on Mount Weather. It was actually a James Bond movie, but I don't actually have which movie they based it around, but it's a real place. Mount Weather is located just 70, 74 kilometers or 46 miles from Washington, D.C., dubbed as a emergency operations center. This heavy-duty fortress is used to house all highest levels of U.S. government. Yeah, it's it homeland, nice. right? Yeah, yeah, that's home. Yeah, that's what it was. Homeland security. It fucking, Should uh, there be a natural disaster? Built during the Cold War era, Mountain Weather is ran by the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And many people know it in Louisiana as fuck FEMA, but it's just FEMA. Yeah, it's just FEMA. Have you ever been out to, uh, what's it, outside of Opelousas? That's where Ice, shout out, uh, Devin lives. Yeah, Ice Chess. So uh, outside of Opelousas, they actually have a park and it's all FEMA trailers, like old FEMA trailers and shit. Has like asbestos and all types of gathering bullshit in it. But anyways, <laughs> Third Coast Podcast community, we all know who FEMA is. For the purpose of protecting not just high-level American politicians, but also some of the U.S. national treasures, such as art currently in the National Gallery. This is not a standard security bunker, though. Vast array of facilities from hospitals, cafeterias, power plants, and even a massive transit station to allow easy communication and flow of traffic should there be a natural disaster emergency. 
Mount Weather has been called the perfect place to go if there was an apocalypse. As you have everything you need, security, food, advanced communication technology at the highest level, it was actually used during the 9-11 attacks, with government officials being airlifted to the facility when the disaster struck. But you're thinking, as you know, Joe Schmo, can we go there, Cleve? Can the Third Coast podcast community go there? If there's this emergency, unfortunately, oh, no. Hell no. You can knock on that motherfucking door all you want. It don't (laughs) matter why the zombies are eating your ass out there. This is a fortress, and it has a perimeter set up with the most secure technology in the world and hosts an array of armed guards, of course, a razor wire clap fences, and if you manage to find your way in, you might not find your way out during one of these emergencies. Uh, So it's one way in, one way out. So it just sounds like to me. So you just look at like movies, right? You look at disaster movies, the world ending movies, day after tomorrow, fucking Armageddon, blah, 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 blah. Man, it was this one movie. I think it's called uh, Icebreaker with the train. Yeah. You know, it's like you got the guards on the train and everybody on the train has a purpose and all of this shit. It's like an end of the world apocalyptic movie. Yeah. But like one of the guys decides to revolt and then, you know, they ended up like, you know, they ended up waging a war against like the people on the train because, you know, like it's been, I think it was like 10 years after the world had ended. So they were like the last people left. It was like some snow, like a snowstorm had came through, like blew over. It was like a second ice age, basically. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting movie. Guy ends up going in, like fucking up the guards. They go through this like long ass tunnel. I don't know, like, well, I know uh, there's this one tunnel in Switzerland. It's like really long. It's like built in the mountainside. Ease of access for the travel. I got one more. Do you want to read the last one, Cleve, to the world, or would you like me to? North Brother Island in New York. North Brother Island is one of the most infamous and secretive places in the USA located on New York City's East River. This abandoned and secret place has a dark past, which results in it being area today. What happened on the North Brother Island? While the state of New York purchased the island in 1885 as a place to build Riverside Hospital. This was a specialist hospital designed to house people with the very contagious diseases like tuberculosis, typhus, yellow fever, and even smallpox. A famous patient in this hospital was Typhoid Mary, the first American officially diagnosed with typhoid fever. During World War II, this quarantine facility was set up to help military veterans. After that, it was set up as a rehab facility for heroin addicts. These days, it is officially a bird sanctuary. The state of New York City has officially forbidden anyone from visiting. What has North Brother Island got to hide? This has sparkled many questions from people wondering what they've got to hide. Is there patients in the hospital? Is the ghost of Typhoid Mary on the island? Some people say it's what the movie Shutter Island was inspired by with Leonardo DiCaprio. Despite the urges to keep away the New York State, many people have tried to sneak on the secret island just to take the one last glimpse of the hidden and infamous Riverside Hospital. North Brother Island in New York City will be a high spot for urban explorers if it wasn't completely off limits. 
North Brother Island is a tiny island in between the island of Manhattan and the infamous Rikers Correctional Center. It's been sitting abandoned since 1963, and almost no one is allowed on the site. You must obtain permission from the city of New York, like Insider did in 2017. Currently, the island is a bird sanctuary, but it houses plenty of crumbling features from when it used to be a war for people with highly contagious diseases like Typhoid Mary. There's even a morgue. Abandoned structures are hugely popular exploration sites, but North Brother Island will remain empty. I think it's haunted. It kind of sounds like it, though. It sounds like it's haunted. Whatever is, like, possessed over that place is fucking shit up for anybody that's within the confines of this place. It's kind of like when people visit Alcatraz and shit like that, they could feel the energy from the that place. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. some people have even been recorded just walking up to the gates and start crying just the fierce energy, that negative fierce yeah, energy. Yeah, the negative fierce energy of just walking into something. They have no knowledge of knowing. Hey, that's got to be a strong presence to feel, you know, without seeing anything and you just feel something over you. The horrible shit that's happened in this world. I definitely don't want to go to Bird Island. Fuck all that shit. I don't want to go bird exploring. That's crazy though. Like typhoid, we didn't even, we haven't covered that that disease before, have we? Oh, typhoid. What is that? I'm not I'm not uh, so sure. Me either. It must be something that's pretty bad though. Right. What's your biggest takeaway, Cleve, from this topic about these secured and exclusive places in the United States? It covers a lot of ground for one because it's in a lot of different directions. Everything from like aliens, UFOs. Geological discoveries, the study of the stars, the study of the earth, covers into a druid warship, <laughs> you know, Dracodian, overlord type. That cult you know. shit. Yeah, it's got that cult shit in there, you know, it's like where it goes into, you know, forces that are beyond the human psyche, you know, that could be explored physically. You know, it's just a feeling almost. It's like if you're in this area, you have no knowledge of it, but you experience it. You know, it, it kind of claims a more shocking factor for the person who has no experience to topics that may have been discussed as early as their childhood about, you know, the depths of like the exploration of a person's faith and what they believe in and what they even may choose today. That's why I don't like the topic about religion, because you never know. Yep. I just keep an open mind to it all because I know to myself that's or in my opinion, I'll just say, in my opinion to myself, I know what's out there. If you ever like to get a sit down with, you know, Cleve, a big gator, you know, we here for y'all, man. That's, do. Yeah, that's why we, you know, that's why we do this. I guess my biggest takeaway from this topic is if they can hide it in plain sight, the scary thought is what they hide behind them closed doors. You know what I'm saying? You got this place where it's like, hey, you don't need to know this. But look at this big-ass building that you fund through all your tax dollars. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I pay for that building. I pay for them windowless NSA hey, spy maybe, hubs. Hey, and maybe I, that's what goes go on in, in, cl in Club 33. And, you know, they be sitting at the table like, look, man, we going to take this spot, but ain't nobody going to. This is just me and you in this club while we eating our filet mignon and, you know, our five-star meals and shit, you know, it's like, or even the Bohemian Grove, like where you have your darkest desires casted into a burn offering. 
did you know that the term bonfire comes from bonfire? Like, you know, from the... Know that. Yeah, basically, like, you know, when way back in ancient times, like where they, I guess, offer sacrifice, they burn the goat or the oxen or the lamb, you know, at the sacrificial altar or whatever God they were praising, like, you know, where as like the Aztecas, the Incas, the Mayas, they, you know, worship, you know, the gods of the weather, you know, to bring fire, to bring food. And then against their adversaries, whatever they wanted to wish, they would give these offerings. And to think that that's still practice today in parts of the world where people have to explore publicly to for it to be. I know there's places in Europe that still do Druid practices that could possibly be covered on another episode, of, you know, secret places in other countries. There's tremendous mounds of information out there. And we just, as usual, we just, you know, we just touched tips on the whole topic about what's public for the mainstream media, per se. You know, because I would feel that most of these places have either had memes or movies about them or just general knowledge. I thoroughly have been enjoying these deep dives and just these mountains of information that we keep coming up with, and I hope the listeners are, but we got shit to do. So, as always, we're going to end the episode with our Artist of the Week and dive into some words of wisdom. And our Artist of the Week is from Switzerland? Right, Switzerland. Cover their bio, even though Zoner, formerly Honor, is known as the band that played a concert in the Ukraine during the war. They've actually been exceeding expectations since their foundation in 2020. Despite the pandemic and lineup changes, the band has built an international fan base with thousands of followers on social media. They have been regularly releasing music and played more than 20 concerts, even supporting bands like Sodom Invader at the Misuf Festival in early 2023. They did all this playing thrash metal, a genre that has apparently been dead since before bandmates were even born. By being unapologetic in their music and vocal about issues they care about, they strongly differentiate themselves from other thrash metal bands of the current generation. Zoner is not afraid of calling out evil or injustice, even if it requires being aggressive in the nature of thrash metal. Rather than relying on basic chromatic riff salads, the band emphasizes engaging song structures and catchy hooks. In the time since the foundation of May of 2020, the band has earned the title Ultimate Thrash Metal Newcomer from Switzerland. Some of the members, Donna Ramsey, who does the vocals and rhythm guitar, Hans Schaefer, lead guitar, and Luca Ramsauer is the bass guitar. Sorry if I butchered any of you guys' names. They don't teach us, you know, foreign pronunciations in, in the USA. They just teach us American over here. And if you don't know American... <laughs> I wish Kobai was here on the mic. Big shout out to Kobai <laughs> for reaching out to them and getting us some foreign tunes for everybody to listen to. And it's always cool when we get, you know, bands from, you know, Louisiana. Right. And then you get bands from people you know and stuff. That's always great. And then you get bands from like Ohio, Indiana, shout out Ozzy Bear. And then shit, we get internationally, international recognized and shout out to Turbo Snake up in Canada. Shout out to all the international artists that have been a part of the show. 
And I got some stuff about Switzerland that I didn't know. Switzerland has 7,000 lakes. It's the most innovative country in the world. It ranks number one. Right. Yeah, it's been number one consecutively for seven years, I believe. Switzerland has the highest peaks in Europe at three, uh, measuring at 3,000 meters high. I am not going to butcher that name of that mountain. They have the longest tunnel in the world. Yep. The lowest crime rate in the world. <laughs> so the crime rate was registered last year at nearly 0% murder rate. They only had 40, it's average per, that they only have 45 murders a year. I know they haven't had a mass shooting since 2000 or uh, 2001. I think more people got shot in Alexandria in the last three months than all the people that have been murdered in Switzerland. In the, the entire last year. year, right. Crude Divine, I think I actually said that right, is it's a place, right? It's a gigantic rock arena that was formed. It's steep rocky walls with their horseshoe shape offers one of the most grandiose sites in all of Switzerland. It's like an amphitheater, basically. It's like Red Rocks Theater, probably like an amphitheater built within the walls of the stadium. I actually want to go to Red Rocks just one time. It's a natural rock formation. Yeah. It's nice, too. Like, when you watch the sunset, you can see the sunset, like, right in between the, I forget the name of the rocks, that pillar in between. But, yeah, you could get, like, a perfect shot of a sunset, like, casting in between it. Switzerland has its own Grand Canyon, the Rhine Gorge. Oh, yeah, the little passageway. And Switzerland Sundays is a big deal. It means no mowing. I wish that was a thing around here. I hate when people mow the grass on Sunday. No yard work, no hanging laundry outside, no hammering or anything that might disturb neighbors. Working on Sundays is frowned upon, so be lazy, close the doors, read a book, or just be quiet. And just enjoy the family. Apparently in Switzerland, it's legal to just name your kids whatever. So when authorities forbade a Swiss musician's Depending on the pronunciation of said Switzerland child's name, apparently it can't be pronounced anything German in any sense. So that's weird. This is just what the Internet's telling me out there, guys. So if y'all got something else to email, don't be mad. Switzerland is rated as the third happiest country in the world to live in. Just by the standards of stability, healthcare, culture, environment, education, and infrastructure. And Cleve, you had brought up to me earlier about how the life expectancy in Switzerland is the highest in the world. Oh, it's the second highest. Second highest. Yeah, it's the second highest to Japan. I think people in Switzerland live up to like 85. The women live to 86. Uh, Japan actually is number one in life expectancy, if you guys didn't know that. Yeah, because they, they got everything over there. You know, they got robot. You know, they got AI doing things like maid work for them, bringing the drinks, taking out the trash, getting the paper, changing the channel on the TV. Yeah, I got a friend whose parents are pretty much, they've worked their whole lives and they retired out and they moved to Japan. And that was just some of the things that they had to offer. They also have square watermelon here. But yeah, Switzerland is a cool place as well, too. Like you said, it has 7,000 lakes. It's known for like one of the famous mountain peaks, like in the Alps. Uh, something horn, I can't think of the name of it. It's like, basically, it looks like the horn of the mountain. 7,000 lakes, though. That's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of places to go fishing. I got, I'm looking at also, like three people, or four good rules that would love to touch that water. Yeah, people can drink from the rivers of that water because it's so crystal clear. You know, you basically see at the bottom. 
And that's that good ice water, you know, that they got <laughs> floating in them lake. Not drinking it out of the hose. Now they diving in it head first. <laughs> so, uh, Khalif, do you have any words of wisdom for the listeners out there this week? Uh, Sorry if I put you on the spot. Yeah, a little bit. It's okay. I got you. So if you live in the state of Louisiana and you do have dependents on your tax forms, right? What I do is I always file single and none, even though I have dependents. Because the state of Louisiana is just like the IRS. For everybody out there listening, it don't matter if you have dependents or not. If you file your state taxes through Louisiana, just go go single and none. Let them take all the money they want and then just hope you get a little bit back in return. I guess to keep it simple, I don't really have any words of wisdom, to be honest. Like, I wasn't prepared for that. You know, just, I don't know, I guess just be responsible. Manage your money properly because when you don't, the IRS comes with a knock-knock on the door with more than a half-empty bottle of Astroglide. For their <laughs> <laughs> so, pay your taxes, you know? <laughs> uh, for Third Coast Podcast, I'm Joe. What it do, Gators? It is Glee. What it do, man? And check out this great music. We holler at y'all on 185. Якусь зброю ми не складемо, будемо захищати нашу державу.
Fighting!